From the intersection of social media, learning, and technology, it's the Mindset Digital Podcast. Here's our creative director, Pete Brown. So hello again, everybody. This is Pete Brown, Chief Creative Officer at Mindset Digital, and it's been a while since we've done a podcast, actually a matter of months, I believe, Uh, and apologies for that. It's been a very busy time at the agency, and if you work in agencies, I think you know busy is way better than not busy, so I'm not complaining, but we did think we'd play around with maybe a new format that's a little less production intensive for the podcast and still provides some interesting conversation and value. And so what uh, what we're going to do here is I'm going to have a smart person from the agency joining me once a week or every other week or so, and uh, we'll talk about a couple of compelling topics from the world of digital. And more often than not, that smart person is going to be the person who stands across from me in the studio right now. That's Matthew Wiener. Hey, Pete. You can just call me Wiener. Thank you, Wiener. I appreciate that, as you know. Uh, <laughs> Wiener, I have noted here, you were on our last show, and you announced you had just gotten engaged. You got any updates for us? I do. I uh, just got married two weeks ago, and so that's, yeah. That's, and how's it cool. going? It, it's going great. Well, congratulations. I know you're a popular character on the podcast. <laughs> Our fans are going to be glad to hear that. I was actually at the wedding. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so good for you, Wiener. And <laughs> Thanks. I had a friend in graduate school, and he used to say about marriage, suckers always want other suckers to join the sucker club. <laughs> <laughs> he was not married, by the way. So, so I noticed, Wiener, when I emailed you about this format, I said, we'll talk about something cool in the world of digital. And you, you responded, and you're like, what do you mean by cool? <laughs> Uh, and so I changed it here in the up top. I said compelling. Okay. Right? Yeah. But But do you think, and it made me wonder, that cool is really a Gen X word? Is that? Oh, no. I, I wasn't objecting to, to cool. I, I think cool is good to shoot for. I just felt bad that my very first one might be a little bit more of a negative spin. Oh, no. Yeah, cool. I just mean something in, in, interesting that's uh, on people's minds. And I think you got a topic for us. What are we talking about? Yeah, talk about the, the WeWork IPO or that they filed their papers for. For Okay. And yes, so one. I don't know a lot about this. Yeah. Uh, so first I'm going to ask you to tell me what WeWork does. Sure. So WeWork is basically a just a co-working company. You know, all, all the mm-hmm. rage these days, they... Uh, buy or lease out these offices to individuals, to uh, companies, really anyone who wants one, and you just share a, share an office space. So for, for co-workers, so really they're like a real estate company. Well, that's the big question with their <laughs> IPO. Okay. And that's what, uh, so, that's so what everyone's wondering. Yeah, because I've seen headlines like five strangest things about <laughs> WeWork's IPO paperwork, because they're considered a unicorn. They are. Which is yeah. a company that, like, they're losing money, but they're the only ones <laughs> that do it, so it's somehow okay. Yeah, what, what's the unicorn status? Over a, a billion? I, I should know this. Something like that. So they so in 2018, they had about a $47 billion valuation. Whoa. And this is, even at the time, they were known to be hemorrhaging money, I yeah. think is the, the Silicon Valley term. Yeah. So they're, but this year, they're expecting to go for probably a little less than that, just okay. with the extent of their losses uh, being out there, but still... 
pretty pretty high valuation. So th- this is one of the big IPOs that's being talked the, a- about. After Uber, this will probably be the, the biggest one this year. Okay, so what is weird about the paperwork that people are talking about? Right, so similar to Uber, okay. uh, despite this massive valuation, uh, we, WeWork is losing a ton of money per customer. I mean, they're, they have it estimated at, I think, nearly $5,200 per person. Whoa just using this company right now. So I could save WeWork money by saying, just give me (laughs) (laughs) $3,000. Right. Right. And then the other thing, so the real estate question is really what gets to the heart of this is, are are they a tech company that just happens to lease office space, but they're able to do all sorts of, well, we're not really sure what they do to kind of make that magic profitability eventually. What is their tech play? I mean, is there like an app that makes it easy to find a space? Or is it just (laughs) conference room scheduling? I I think it's sort of uh, behind the scenes magic is the tech play because their their competitor that they listed, IWG, it's a, I think, UK company, they're valued at just $4.4 billion, treat themselves just solely as a real estate company. But here's the thing, though, they're profitable. Okay. And they're, you know, so they're not the one getting all this attention. Okay. So, yeah, that, that is interesting because I would yeah. think they're, okay, they're cool. And I've seen pictures of their co-working spaces. It's a right. lot of plywood and stainless steel. Right. right. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but $47 billion is a lot. Is there some question about the CEO? Is there it? is. So a lot of what's been powering uh, WeWork's, you know, b- big buzz and all this attention really comes down to the CEO, uh, Adam Newman, okay. who really is this you know, when you, you picture the sort of stereotypical Silicon Valley CEO and, and Silicon Valley, not just place, but also like you know, the TV show, if you watch that at all. Yes. The sort of, you know, that over the top parody okay. is apparently Adam Newman for real. Okay. I gotcha. You know, yeah. You know, he's got his own origin story. He talks about going from being broke at one point to now, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, if you, I, we could do a whole episode on just on him. Yeah. Uh, if not, I'd just recommend this fascinating New York Magazine profile you can okay. read instead called The I and We. Okay. And it goes deep we, on hilarious. Adam Newman. Okay, we'll, we'll put a link to that. Yeah, interesting guy. The big takeaway for the IPO, though, and this was, I, I think this was known before, is that, you know, he's also been, you know, he has ownership stakes in, I think it's four of the commercial properties uh, leased that, to WeWork. Oh, okay. So he owns these buildings and then he Some, leased them to his company. Right. So, you know, they've been paying like millions and millions to landlords overseeing the lease, landlords including Adam Newman, CEO right. of WeWork. So that's that's uh, ethically dicey or legally dicey? I think ethically dicey, not legally. I think he's now, it's now in a, a, a trust, yeah. I think. But, you know, between that and he also cashed out, I want to say like $70 million of his own shares mm-hmm. leading up to well, this. So. To be fair, he was getting a new car. <laughs> so. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that what they call passive income that I'm always seeing ads on <laughs> Facebook for? I think so. Enjoy passive income. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it'll be an interesting year. And I, and I the thing that I, I find fascinating about WeWork, is I think it encapsulates a lot of trends that we see right now, both mm-hmm. in, you know, in the tech world yeah. and, you know, for all these IPOs like Uber, you know, these are companies with massive, massive losses. And mm-hmm. I, I guess the long-term play is, you know, we're going to spend a lot acquiring users now. We're going to become profitable down the road. You know, it, it worked for Amazon. You know, they always yeah. tout that as a success story. Sure. It worked, you know, I, I think for, well, hopefully for Netflix. Yeah. Right. So, you know, this isn't unheard of. Right. But at the same time, between Uber, WeWork, a lot of these out there, are we also starting to see a return to the, you know, the dot-com bubble yeah. in the 90s? You know, there's no guarantee that all of these, you know, seemingly indestructible unicorns, you know, pay right. off. We've been here before. Right. I think what's interesting about them too is at the core are real estate 
holdings that they're locking up in long-term leases, mm-hmm. which, you know, real estate, yes, the value of it fluctuates, but it's something real, <laughs> as the name would imply, right? As opposed to, uh, you know, a tech company that is, you know, selling vaporware. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if that's at all inflating the valuation where people are like, well, you know, it's in real estate. I don't know. That's a good question. Although it, if people are thinking that the real estate is like a positive sign, if anything, that's a sign of just how wildly overvalued they are. Yeah. Because then you look at their competitors yeah. with these much smaller valuations. Yeah. That are... All right. Good time. So what else? Uh, when is this IPO? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they uh, put a date on that yet. I got you. But it's supposed to be this year. It's yeah. One of the big yeah. It'll be this year. year. Are you going to get in on it? <laughs> I am not. No. Okay. Uh, almost almost all of the articles I read advised individual investors not to get in this on the WeWork way. IPO. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Facebook did their IPO, I had a friend who worked in the in the industry, and he's like, it was just insane <laughs> at the <laughs> office. So, uh, okay. So WeWork, that'll be interesting to see. And if there is a dot-com bubble, if it'll burst. And... Yeah. If if it bursts, I mean, I, I you know, my money would be on Uber to be the one to go first. Sure. Uh, possibly WeWork, also a good candidate. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. again, you know, for all the attention uh, Uber gets, WeWork uh, with those figures, they're losing 28 times the amount per user that Uber oh is gosh. right now. 28 times. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, is it in some case because they have lots of unleased office space or it's just what people will pay for co-working is lower than what they're leasing it? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they've got a lot of marketing expenses too. Yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, uh, we'll put some links for sure in the show notes because I know there are a lot of interesting stories about that. Okay. Anything else I need to know about it? Um, no, that's... The that's WeWork uh, IPO. Okay. Well, here's what I'm telling you about today. Okay. Domino's Pizza. You have my attention? All right, I do, because I know you love the pizza. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you, you know what? We we actually order a lot of Domino's because I I really enjoy their online ordering. Well, that's good that they, you brought that up. We actually talk about them in a lot of our keynotes, yeah. right? Because there are no fewer than 15 ways to digitally order a Domino's pizza. You mm. can simply <laughs> text them a pizza emoji, and they will send a pizza to your house. So you have to set that up. You have to configure it. Uh, but it is super easy to order online. Um, and I believe we even have a quote from their CEO in there that says, or their mm-hmm. CIO, Domino's is now a technology company that happens to sell pizza, yeah. right? <laughs> right. And that's sort of good example of digital thinking, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, you know, they ran an interesting campaign about two years ago saying, basically, our pizza is terrible. <laughs> But we're making it better. <laughs> and I, and I, I got to give them credit to that, too. I, I like their new pizza. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we have a gluten-free person in my house, and mm. she likes their gluten-free pizza. So yeah. uh, good for you, Domino's. But uh, Domino's got sued by a blind guy a few years ago because oh. their website is not accessible. Uh-huh. And uh, they have been fighting this suit mm. tooth and nail, and they just applied for this to go to the Supreme Court. Wow. And the court question here is... Does the Americans with Disabilities Act, which was passed in 1990, apply to the Internet, right? Because at the hmm. time, there was no Internet. And so it's been kind of a legally gray area since then. And, uh, you know, some people say yes, some people say no. What constitutes ADA compliance on the web is hard. There's different guidelines. Uh, but I think it's interesting. Title Three of the Act says uh, it's... ADA has to cover public accommodations and services operated by private entities. And Domino Mm -hmm. says that doesn't involve the Internet and that it would be cost prohibitive for them to make their site uh, accessible, Hmm. which I I find really hard to believe. Yeah. 
Uh, but they're being joined in this suit by the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. and uh, several big retailers. I couldn't find out which ones. I just saw a line that said several big retailers. So I think I think this is about you know something else. It's just about mm. basically trying to get a legal precedent set about the ADA and websites. Yeah, these these companies don't want to have to do it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand though what what the upside is for Domino's in this. Right. Because if they win, they're assholes. <laughs> like right? this is something they should be doing to their site anyway. They're yeah, and how hard is so so we make we make accessible training here. Yeah. And we didn't always do that in the early days. We only mm. did it if a client requested it. But now we do it for everyone because we learned how to do it. We got mm. really efficient at it. And so we're like, let's just make this part of our process. Yeah. Now granted, I'm not slinging a million pizzas a day, which is what they say <laughs> are ordered, but um so the suit was initially dismissed, hmm. and then uh, the complainant brought it to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and he won there. And so that's why Domino's is trying to get that turned over. Wow. So we don't know if the Supreme Court is going to hear this case or not. So hmm. it'll be interesting to see. I, I can't imagine that they would say the ADA doesn't apply to the web. <laughs> and I think that's going to open just a, a lot of can of worms for people. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to see the list of companies that signed on because I – just thinking from what I've been reading, it seems like social media companies have actually been pretty, you know, at the front of trying to get things more accessible. Absolutely. You know, and whether or not it's for their own selfish, like, AI reasons right. or not, they've still been really big. I know for Facebook on, you know, doing the, the photo descriptions, mm -hmm. uh, same with Twitter is trying to add a lot more of that. That's right. And it's not, it's not hard if you make it part of your process, as I've mm -hmm. learned, right? And it's all about optimizing the site for screen readers in this case this was a blind person uh and you know we test everything in a screen reader before we put it out but it is mm -hmm. descriptive text but then we also establish the tab order and what what the screen reader sees and doesn't see and you know making sure it doesn't and you know we do have sometimes we'll have a quiz that's very visual mm -hmm. so we'll provide an alternate quiz that's all text and they had the option to, to go there for that so hmm. yeah so interesting to see i i i just think Domino's is taking an unnecessary risk to their reputation, which they only so recently recovered by making better pizza. <laughs> so, very good. All right, so, question? Well, uh, no, it depends on how long you want to go, and we, we can cut all of this, but do you want to hear my two favorite online Domino's stories? I absolutely do. All right, the, f the first is, do, do you remember Nun Pizza Left Beef? No. <laughs> this is er, early viral internet okay. days. So this must have been around when they first kind of switched over to their online ordering. Okay. Uh, so somebody discovered that you could customize everything to the point where you can just have no, no toppings, you know, including no sauce, no cheese. Yeah. And I don't know. They've since changed this. So he made a nun pizza that was just <laughs> like a ball, just dough. Yeah. And then with beef on the left side <laughs> and it was it was the nun pizza left beef and they actually made it and delivered it that is awesome <laughs> that is awesome and what's the other what's the other story and the, the other one is uh somebody recently tested their online order tracker yeah you know, I don't, for you know if you, for people who've ordered online from Domino's, they have uh you know uh, pizza tracker. yeah like robert is mm -hmm. making your order yeah, that's right it's it gone shows in you each double stage. check yep so he stalked it he drove out to his local place put the order in online and then watched them to see where yeah. it matched up and where it didn't yeah and i i don't want to spoil it but i it's a was it pretty close it was you disappointing oh it was. yeah uh, 
So, yeah. so it almost suggested that order tracker is just running on its own. Yeah. It's uh, all, almost like it's just there to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, there is, I listened to a podcast, a reply all episode because there's this, people get these, an order for a single diet Coke <laughs> and it like comes in like 12 times a day. And like they were trying to figure out, is this uh, somebody testing the software? It was really interesting. I'll put a link to that in the show notes yeah. as well. So, uh, but Domino, seriously, make your site accessible. Yeah. That's not hard to do. So give give me a call. If you, <laughs> if you need to talk to me about it, I will do it for a pizza. <laughs> I won't make your site accessible. I will tell you how to do it for a pizza. All right. So here's how we're going to end these episodes, Wiener. I think this went well. Is uh, one of us has to uh, share a, a life hack or some other thing that we found <laughs> on the internet that we think is either funny or or compelling or cool, okay? Oh. So I'm doing the first one. Oh, okay. So next Ooh. next week will be yours, okay? All right. Uh, so I saw one of those things, and it said, you'll wish you found these 50 life hacks years ago. So, of course, I clicked, right, because I was in the middle of my work day. What else am I going to be doing? And this one was on there. <laughs> I can't decide if I love it or I hate it, okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, cheese balls, right, like cheese puffs? Yeah. The life hack suggests... Eating cheese puffs with chopsticks to avoid getting the cheese dust on your fingers. <laughs> and so part of me's like, I do want to try that. And part of me's like, uh, if you ever see me doing that, you should, you know, jab a chopstick through my eye to pierce my brain. If, if I it. saw somebody doing that in public, I would call the police. That would be so. But it also makes sense, right? I'm like, that's that's yeah. ridiculous. You know, and if you're not good at chopsticks, you could just kind of stab them, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm torn because I am somebody who, believe it or not, a little bit finicky with like my hands being clean yeah, yeah. when I'm touching electronics and sure. things like that. Yeah. So yeah, for me eating something like cheese balls, I mean, I've got to block that out in my calendar. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not touching my phone. I'm not going near my computer. Yeah, I need I gotcha. to wash multiple times. But yeah, I'm also somebody who thinks that like if you're eating food like that, you are a serial killer yeah. so yeah. i am i'm on the fence are you uh, somebody would you ever just go and buy a bag of cheese balls for snack at your house uh my so my my now wife mm -hmm. uh is a, a big big cheese baller oh is she nice she's gonna really appreciate this shout out All so right. we Good time. we actually do have them at the house frequently wow see i always like we don't get them but if we're having a party for some reason we're, <laughs> we're like people like these you know so. yeah I, I think she had this realization where she's like, it was in the same boat you know we, we always enjoy getting these for parties she mm -hmm. likes them a lot it's like yep. I, yep. I can just buy these myself you know i uh, haven't gotten you guys a wedding gift yet so i'm thinking <laughs> so maybe geez. his and her <laughs> cheese ball chopsticks <laughs> is the way to go <laughs> all right all right well i appreciate you coming in wiener how do you think it went i think this went well okay cool we'll do it again next week great good times The Mindset Digital podcast is brought to you by Mindset Digital. We bring workforces up to speed in our fast-forward digital world. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend or even better, leave us a review on iTunes. Have questions, comments, or ideas about the podcast you want to share with our team? Send them to podcast at mindsetdigital.com. This episode was produced by Pete Brown and featured Matt Wiener and me, Brielle Schultz. Some music in today's show is courtesy of the website audionautics.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode.